Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. How many of you have ever got a gift card or a gift certificate from some place that you forgot to use and it expired? Anyone? Got a couple people out here, you got a gift card you use? So I'm sure that's happened to many of us. I, uh, I wear contact lenses, and what I do is I usually order them a few months at a time because they're so expensive, so you just order a little bit at a time. But then on the flyer, it said if I order an entire year supply and I shell out all the money, I'll get like a gift card, like a Visa gift card for $50 or something like that. So I was so excited, and I thought, okay, maybe I'll do this. I'll take the risk. I'll shell out the several hundred dollars, and, and I did that. And I got in the mail this Visa gift card. And I thought, wow, this is great. This is like free money. I can use this to go out to eat. I could use this to buy something that I wanted or, or, or something like that. So, of course, what I did was I put it away in a safe place. <laughs> How many of you here have a safe place in your house where you store stuff and you forget about completely? It's like you put it away safely and you, you, know, you, you put it away. I'm sure you've all been there. So this year, I just happened to have been going through some drawers in my house, and guess what I find? I find the gift card, and, I, and, and, and my excitement came back, and I was, oh, the gift card, it's here. It's here this whole time. I can use it for something. It's like finding like, you know, a $20 bill in, your, you know, in an old coat pocket or something. So I found this gift card, and to my disappointment, when I read it, it said expired 2018, <laughs> and I was so bummed. I didn't get to use this for something that I wanted. It was a complete waste. How could I let this go? So I was even thinking last week, oh, maybe I should give them a call. Maybe they'll make an exception or something like that or, or transfer the funds to another card or something. I don't know. Anyone here work for Visa? Anything like that? I'll find out. So anyway, um, Anyone have ever had that happen to you? You had a coupon or gift certificate and expired, and you're like, oh, man, what's going on? The reason we are given a gift or a gift card or something is because we were meant to utilize it for a specific purpose, for enjoyment or, or whatever it is. And if you don't use what you have been given, you will miss out on what purpose that was intended for. Amen. As you know, we just started this new series on the Holy Spirit. Who knows what it's called? Holy Spirit, activate. activate. Holy Spirit, activate. And through salvation, through Jesus, we have been given this gift of the Holy Spirit, which is God's presence indwelling in us, his believers. But, but, much like an unused gift. Most believers fail to take full advantage of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is not a gift that, that expires or something that we lose, but most times, just like a gift card or a gift certificate, we may 
store it away in a filing cabinet and forget about it most of our lives. And how tragic is that? You see, Jesus didn't save us just for the sake of saving us. He saved us for a specific reason. So we no longer have to be enslaved by our old sinful nature. And he saved us so that we can be holy like he is holy. He saved us so that we can live a sanctified life. Now, this is a sanctification. This is a a fancy, what I call a fancy-schmancy term, sanctification. It's a term, a theological term that you've heard. And if you've ever heard someone say it in a sentence, or you've used in a sentence, you know, it sounds smart, it sounds, it sounds really cool, it sounds, you know, it sounds smart. If you are if you're in a new dating relationship with a Christian and you're getting to know each other and you say, I, I like long walks on the beach, I like the outdoors, and I really love sanctification, that's always a plus. So it's always a good sign. Maybe you'll get another date, or maybe they won't call you back, I don't know. But maybe some of you knows what it means, and others maybe not so much. You hear this term sanctification being used in church, and you may hear about it. But today what we're going to do is we're going to demystify that word sanctification. We're going to demystify it, and we're going to see what it means to live a Holy Spirit-activated, sanctified life. So first, what is sanctification? If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Or it might be on the screen as well. What we're going to be doing today, we don't have one passage. We're going to be looking at multiple different passages. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. So, what is sanctification? So we have to go back to see what is salvation. You know, salvation, when you talk about salvation, it's not this static principle that's that's back there, that's stuck in the past. But salvation is actually dynamic. And there are what we call the three tenses of of salvation, the past and the present and the future. In the past, you know, there's justification. We believe that God has made us right with God. And he has made us right with God, and so we can say that I have been saved, if we're a believer. And then we have sanctification, which has to do with the, the present. God didn't just save us from the past, but he's making us pure and holy as we speak in the present moment. So we don't just say, I I have been saved, but I am being saved now on a daily basis. And then there's glorification that's talking about the future. And he's freed us from sin, and one day he'll make us fully perfect and and fully whole, saved from all the, the sinful nature and earthly things that we have. So I know that there, have been, there are many believers who have often gotten stuck or, or stunted in their faith and their growth because we've only talked about or focused on the past tense of salvation. We've been justified through Christ. We have been regenerated and we are now free from 
condemnation. Now that in itself is worth celebrating. We have eternal life. We have 100% assurance of our salvation. But over the years, if we just only focus on the past, we may find ourselves increasingly frustrated and increasingly frustrated seeing little progress, struggling with the same sin nature that separate us from God in the first place. And when we face that, we may encounter a life of of frustration, of lack of spiritual growth, lack of power in our ministry. And then the doubts creep into our hearts. And we say, yes, I've had a life-changing experience back then, way back then, when I gave my life to Jesus. That was many years ago. But there's no relevance in my day-to-day life. Or maybe for some of you who are struggling with ongoing sin issues and different things that are going in in your life, maybe you just give up. And you just look to the future and and say, you know what, Uh, I I am who I am. I've tried to change in my own strength, and and I'm not going to change until I get to heaven one day. So I'll just keep living in the, in the sinful nature that I'm living in now because one day I'll look forward to the future and, 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 and God will fix everything and I'll get fixed up. We have been saved in the past, yes. And one day we will be fully restored and perfected in the future. But let us remember that the power of God and his salvation is here now for the present. And in the present, we are being saved from the old nature, the old sins, the old attitudes, and Christ is transforming us into making him more and more like him. And this is a process of what is called sanctification. What is sanctification? Sanctification is not just morality, trying to do moral things to make yourself better. Sanctification is is not doing things on your own, doing your own works to try to make yourself get closer to God. But what sanctification actually means is to be made holy, to be made holy, which means first, separation from sin. In first. Peter chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, it says, But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you is who is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy because I am holy. You see, God is a holy God. He is a holy God. He is set apart. Sin is anything that that separates us from him. And whenever we follow our sinful nature or our fleshly nature or give in to temptation or, or, or do things that we shouldn't, when we hurt someone or act out of a place of anger or bitterness or jealousy, or addiction, or or selfishness, or or whatever it is. We may may satisfy our immediate gratification, but what it does is destroys us from the inside. And a life lived following this nature leads to brokenness in the world. We see it all around us. Brokenness in relationships. And brokenness could, could even lead to a place of death. 
for hardship. What sanctification is, is being separated from sin. Last week, Pastor Rob said that our focus shouldn't only be on the things that we are being separated from, but on who we are to be separated to. And that is Jesus. So we are separated from sin so that we can be separated unto God. Revelation 1.6 says that he has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. We have been set apart for his work. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. We are separated from sin so that we could be separated and dedicated unto him no longer pulled by our old ways. The agent of, of sanctification is the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're talking about this during our sermon series on, on, on sanctification, the Holy Spirit. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately indwells in you. And Christ's righteousness has been imparted to you and you have been justified and saved from the penalty of death. And when you're at that place and you choose to reject your sinful fleshly nature and you allow the, the spirit to, to infill your, your life, it starts to bring victory. It starts to bring freedom because now Jesus is, is, is living in you and through you. And you are equipped to be empowered and face the temptations and face things in your life. But sadly and tragically, most Christians today show little evidence of even having been separated from sin. And in many ways we behave in a way that it's difficult for others to even see that we are a people that have been set apart from everyone else around us. We look the same. We struggle with the same sins, the same habits. And oftentimes there's no visible change or progress in our behavior, in our lifestyles, in our attitudes. So when we don't engage in this process and, and everything's still the same as before, it's, it's hard for people to see that this transforming work is happening or is available for them. We read in the Gospel of John two important realities about Jesus and what he does. And the first is this, that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But he is also the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And these are two experiences and two realities that are available for us. And for most of us Christians, you know, we understand the first, that Jesus takes away our sin. But oftentimes we don't experience or understand the second and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life today. It's like having this gift and, and, and not cashing in and taking advantage 
of the salvation that we have in the Holy Spirit that had been provided for us. Two realities, two experiences. We believe that we have deliverance from the, pa- from the penalty of sin. We all believe that. But through the Holy Spirit, we have deliverance from the power of sin. We believe that we have freedom from death. But through the Holy Spirit, we have the freedom to live. We believe that we have been released from our past and our past guilt. But through the Holy Spirit, we are now empowered to fight temptation. We believe that Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us. But through the Holy Spirit, Christ's righteousness becomes manifest in how we live. We believe that Jesus lives in in us. But through the Holy Spirit, Jesus lives through us. You understand? You see the difference? See the difference there? And if you didn't write it down, it's, it's, it's all on the... The CMA website, this is going through our core theology. So what does it look like to live practically as life, in our lives as, as believers? How does it all work? How do we allow ourselves to be controlled by the nature of the Spirit in us? 1 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, For you are controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of this world? And what Paul's kind of talking about is that now that you have been saved, now that we have been saved, we have to ask ourselves this question. Who or what is controlling me? And we have two options. First, we can allow ourselves to be controlled by our natural desires. And giving, and, and giving ourselves over to those things, whether it's lust or, or greed or revenge or anger or any of these things. But, but what Paul is saying is that that is an immature way to live as believers. If, if we're believers, it's immature to follow those desires, allowing the wrong things to control you. And if you do that, you won't be able to live in the fullness of what Christ has created you to live like. So you either choose to live by our natural desires, or second, we can allow ourselves to be controlled by the living Spirit of God that changes us. How many of here like getting gifts? Anyone like getting gifts? How many of you like getting gifts that are electronic, specifically? Anyone like electronic gifts? No, some people don't. Uh, the, those are some of the best gifts. Anytime you go on Amazon, and, and there are all these kind of gifts you can get for people. There's an electronics and this, 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 all kinds of different things. Or Black Friday, and there are things like mug warmers that keep your coffee warm. Does anyone have that? That was one of the hottest gifts of the last couple of years. It keeps your coffee hot um, you know, for like a whole hour or something, or like a, a seat massager for your office chair or an iPad or, or whatever it is. But whatever these gifts are, these electrical gifts, they may have limited functionality or no function at all if they are not plugged 
in. How many of you remember as a kid on Christmas ripping open a present under the tree to, to find out that, it, that it's some kind of electronic toy, a, a radio-controlled car from Radio Shack? Who remembers Radio Shack? Like a radio-controlled car. That's the only thing they, they, they had there. They would try to get the kids in and get the parents in. And walkie-talkies or, or something else. You would op rip open this gift of this electronic. You'd be so excited to get it, and, and you couldn't wait to play with it. But with, your, but with crushing disappointment, you realize that the person that gave you the gift did not give you the batteries for the gift. Right? And of course, it took some, you know, all the stores were, were closed on Christmas, so you couldn't go buy any batteries. And of course, they used all the most obscure batteries, like the C batteries or the D batteries or the 9-volt the batteries that, that you don't just have lying around the house or you have to go and break open your old toys to try to find those batteries or something. So let me just tell you, pro tip, uncles, aunts, godparents, grandparents, if you buy a kid a gift, make sure you always buy the batteries that go with that gift, all right? You will be a winner, so make sure you do that. But all of a sudden, for these electronics, once the power is added, it can be activated. That, that thing comes alive. Electrons flow through the circuits, and the device comes to life and functions in the way that it was created to be. And it was like it was given this new life and this new energy functioning at its fullness of its capacity. And this is what it's like to allow the power of the Spirit to run through you and throughout you. Romans 8, verse 9 through 14 says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Jump to verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. What does a spirit-filled life look like? It's like an electrical circuit. Any electricians here? It's like an electrical circuit with a closed loop connected to its power source. The spirit is always connected. Jesus' life is flowing through you. And you can then submit to his direction and to his guidance and his choices that will take you to a better place than whatever you tried on your own. What are the results of this, this kind of life? What comes out of this? It brings a life that is filled with purity, a life that is filled with power, and a life that is, that is illustrated by the fruits of the Spirit. In John 15, Jesus says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitless unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe the reason you are not producing fruit, you or I are are sometimes not producing fruit or fruit-bearing life, is because you are not being plugged into the source, or there could be a, a break in the circuit. But it's time to close it. It's time to get activated. Who wants to get activated? Anyone who wants to get activated? I want to invite the, the band to come up and prepare for the next song. You know, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 13, when I, when I was young. And I gave him my soul and I received his salvation and, and my eternity was set. And I was focusing on the past, and I, and I had that on the checklist. I said, okay, I did that, been there, done that. But I didn't want him to change my life. I wanted to have a secure future, but I didn't want him to change my life in the present. As a young person, I still wanted to pursue all the things that I wanted to, the desires of the flesh, popularity, fame, significance, lust, overeating, control, whatever it was. And finally, one day I was at a low point. I was a place of of sadness and and depression. And I came to a point where I said, you know what? I I came to this this moment of of crisis where I realized that, that my way of living this Christian life was not working in my own strength and in my own power. And I surrendered. I said, Jesus... I don't want you to just be my savior for for what's next, for my eternity. I want you to be my savior from the dilemma I'm in right now. I want you to change me. And I surrendered, and his Holy Spirit kind of took control, and and he began this process and this work of, of sanctification. My attitude started to shift. I started to have more concern for for other people. I had compassion for for others, and and I didn't have to always be right about everything. And he started changing my nature, and I I noticed this, and other people noticed this. And this was not me. This is is God's work in me. But the beautiful thing about this process of sanctification is something that it never ends. It keeps going. The Holy Spirit just keeps going deeper and deeper, finding things that that are in your life that need to be transformed and need to be changed. And instead of fearing that process, when we embrace it, we're always taken to a better place. I want to invite you to stand with me as we prepare for worship. And in order for us to to receive salvation, I just want to give you these three points, not even three steps, because there's nothing that we can do. It's only the work of the Holy Spirit. First, be willing to surrender your will. You can't do this on your own. You can't have sanctification just on your own. Sure, he, you know, he works with others in, in your life and groups, but, but, but just like you can't save yourself, you can't change yourself. And that's why we need the spirit of the living God to move in us and to, to work with us and do his work. Next, we need to accept Ask yourself the question, have I accepted Jesus as my sanctifier in the same way that I have received him as my Savior? 
Galatians 2.20 says, For I have been crucified, and, and, and my, I've been crucified, and the life I live now is the life I have in Christ. Next, we need to abide. Ask yourself the question, what am I plugged into? Am I plugged into the source? Am I connected to the vine? Am I allowing my relationship with Jesus and the Spirit to give me guidance in what I'm, and conviction in what I'm doing? Am I connected to the source? Maybe for some of you here today, you have accepted Jesus through faith in your mind, intellectually and in your heart, and the Holy Spirit is in you and you've been saved and, and everything, but, but you've never be moved beyond that. And you haven't allowed the Spirit of God to bring transformation in your life in the here and now. And that may because, be because you haven't given up of your will. Maybe there's some of you here now that you've been, been tired of trying. And you are ready to surrender. And God is saying to you, it's time to deal with your stuff. You can't just do it on your own. But you will do it with me. And I will do it in you. Maybe there's some of you here that just need a fresh touch of the Spirit. To feel his warmth his grace and his presence washing over you, washing over your sin, washing over your shame, washing over your habits. And if that's you, would you open up your hands to receive that? And maybe there's some of you here today that, that you've been through that process and we believe that sanctification it doesn't just happen in a crisis, but it's always continuous. Maybe in the past the Spirit has come and, and brought transformation, but you are still struggling and, and, and you've fallen and, and with something, whether it's lust or, or jealousy or anger that you've allowed to bubble up in your life or, or pride. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to do its work, changing your nature? Just this past week, uh, my wife Jody and I, we were, we were having a discussion and, and and, and disagreement about something and I, and I had to really even then the Holy Spirit told me you need to, to, to really look at yourself it's not always about you just being right and he's calling me to be more he's calling us to be more like him Holy Spirit as we make room for you would you engage with us would we surrender because this is your work and maybe there's some of you here today that, 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 that you haven't accepted Jesus into your life. Would you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I need you to, to not just be my sanctifier, but I need you to be my savior in the first place. Would you just say yes to him? And he is kind and just and willing to forgive. And it is grace that's given to you. So with that, let's create some space for the spirit to move, for the spirit to work and to flow through us. And let's worship together. It was great having you with us today. 
We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.